Hello, welcome to the Ditcher Diet Podcast. My name's Kerry and this week we're talking about giving away your power to foods that you feel you can't control. So before we get started on that topic, I just wanted to share and celebrate one of my clients. So today she uh, mentioned that she's lost 16 pounds from eight weeks of doing this program. And I'm just so thrilled for her. Um, It's been really nice, steady weight loss. It hasn't been a straightforward trajectory, as we always say with, you know, weight loss, it's very normal for humans to, you know, meander a bit, but you know, that's an average of about two pounds a week. So it's really nice progress. And she's, you know, reconditioning her desire around foods. Um, some of the foods actually that we're going to talk about today, she's actually found that she has more confidence around bread. She can have bread in the house, have it in the freezer, and it doesn't mean she has to eat it all. So I'm absolutely thrilled for her. So it's been a really good week in that sense. Um, So yeah, it's been interesting actually talking to my clients this week because there's been a real theme around avoiding certain foods or having a lot of anxiety around certain foods and, um, you know, having some kind of mistrust feelings um, in themselves because they feel that they can't control themselves around these foods. So I've heard lots of uh, thoughts and conversations around not being able to trust myself around these foods, thinking they're going to make me put on weight and stall my progress can't have chocolate in the house, can't have chips in the house or crisps, and being scared that we're just going to binge and eat these foods again and undo all of the good work. Now, the foods I'm talking about specifically here are the ones that you probably overeat and you can't feel like you can't control. So usually they're the carby foods, they're the sugary foods that uh, I, I notice most people have these types of reactions to. So it's the chocolate, it's the cake, it's the croissants, it's the bread, uh, it's the crisps. It's all those kinds of foods that usually have a massive effect on our insulin. It gives us a real hit of um, you know our blood sugar going up and we also get a massive hit of dopamine and all those pleasure hormones. So we get a really intense feeling of pleasure um, because they're usually those foods that have been engineered to give us that false sense of pleasure, that over-pleasure that's not necessarily found in nature. And the thing is, when we think these thoughts around foods, like I can't trust myself, I'm going to eat all of this food, I can't stop eating it, I'm going to binge, we are essentially giving all of our power away to these foods. So if you think about it, realistically, a chocolate bar or a pizza, or a loaf of bread in front of you is a very neutral circumstance. It is literally an object. And it's your thoughts that you have about that particular object that make you desire that food. Nothing else is making you desire that food. But it can feel very disempowering when we see that chocolate, we see that pizza, we see the bread, or the crisps. And it can feel like that food is causing us to feel that over-desire, that that food is causing us to feel scared that we'll actually start eating it and we won't stop eating it. It's that food that's causing us to feel out of control when actually it is our thoughts that are doing that. So we know that from the think-feel-act cycle. We think the thought, we feel a feeling, and then from the place of feeling something, we take action. Human beings will always take action from that place of a feeling. So we know this is true because... Um, You've probably observed people in your life, and I've certainly observed people in my life 
and I've just been baffled by them. It's like, why do you not overeat chocolate? Like it just, I find it bizarre when I meet the odd person. They're like, yeah, I don't really like chocolate. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Seriously? (laughs) Like who doesn't like chocolate? you're crazy, you know? And then uh, doing this work makes me realize, actually, I think I'm the crazy one with my thoughts around chocolate. You know, <laughs> Hey, we've all got our own brand of craziness, so I'm sure they've got their own crazy thoughts about certain things. It's just that they don't happen to have them about chocolate. It's the same thing when you might walk into a restaurant and you're salivating over the dessert before you've even ordered it and you're just really anticipating that pleasure that you're going to get from it. And you might find actually that many people, if you're out and about sitting at a table with friends, they might not even be that bothered about ordering soon when in your mind all you're thinking is, come on, hurry the hell up, I want to get my order and I want that chocolate mousse. Maybe that's just me. That's what I think sometimes <laughs> or have thought in the past. You know, so when we think like this, it's like we're really giving all of our power away to the from these foods. So from a diet mentality point of view, what we often do is we try and avoid these foods. We try and have them out of our life so that it is not a problem. But actually, our, our thoughts are the problem. It is not the food that is the problem. As I said, we know that because there are people in the world that can take or leave the foods that you over desire. And if you don't have a ready example of that, you might just want to start asking yourself that question and actually observing that because I bet you'll find someone now that you think about it that has a very different reaction to those foods. The thing is, all of these urges that we have, they really often come from our primitive brain. You know, our, our primitive brain may give us this urge to eat this food because we know that one of the aspects of the motivational triad is to seek pleasure. And when your brain has associated pleasure with these foods and you've had a massive hit of dopamine when you've had these foods before and your brain remembers that, it is going to want to do that again and again. It has learnt basically over time that this is a good thing for our survival because of those natural normal motivational factors that we have in the the motivational triad. They're great for survival. But in our modern day and age, we have all sorts of chemically engineered food. Um, We have, you know, other pleasures that show up in our life that are engineered to make us have a massive hit of the pleasure hormones. And then we over desire these things. So it's like a false over desire. It's the same with pornography. It's like concentrated sex. Um, It's the same with, you know, binge watching TV. And it's like getting really into that and the over pleasure you get of like following that story and got to know what happens and all of that kind of stuff. It's the same with the foods engineered to the bliss point, the perfect mix of like the fat and the sugar. And it just gives us all this massive hit of dopamine. Same with drugs, cocaine. You know, it's it's the same kind of reaction that we're talking about here. This is all really normal though, to have these thoughts around these foods. Because let's face it, chances are you've just got a load of history and a load of experience that you can remember in your mind that will tell you that you don't um, have what it takes to control yourself around these foods. So if you've got a bank of evidence in your mind that is telling you that you can't control yourself around chocolate, you're going to overeat, you always do this, or as soon as you get one bit of pizza, you've got to eat the whole pizza, you know, it's understandable that you doubt yourself and you don't trust yourself around these foods, but it does not have to be like that. I mean, I get it. We, We know that there is a history there and we may not have found the answer before, but I promise you there is an answer and it is not avoidance. 
Because if you're avoiding these foods, you're basically giving away all of your power to that food and you are just kicking the issue further down the road because at some point you're going to be exposed to that food and how do you want to be around it? Do you still want to have that old anxiety sitting there in your brain going, oh my God, I can't even have one bite because I'm not going to be able to stop myself. This is really perpetuating diet mentality and many of the people that I work with want to get away from diet mentality and bizarrely, well, maybe not bizarrely, but it's just interesting that one of the things that I suggest in my program, and I've talked about it on the, the podcast before, so you might have actually tried to do this yourself at home, um, is to actually have a joy eat once a week. So you might have your protocol that you know works for you in terms of weight loss. So you've got your healthy fats, you've got your proteins, and you've got your non-starchy veg, and then you add in a joy eat every week. And that's where you allow yourself to have the pizza, to have the chocolate, to have the beer, you know, whatever it is that you're really, really wanting. And this is a way that we can counteract diet mentality. So we're not getting deprived. We're not feeling restricted. We're not judging a food as good or bad or right or wrong. We're really reconditioning and healing that relationship with that food so that we can trust ourselves and that we're not in diet mentality. We're not restricted for the rest of our lives. It's not like we can never eat pizza again. We can never eat chocolate again. So it's helping us to actually get off the diet bandwagon and just understand uh, that we can eat this food. It is true that we can eat this food and still lose weight. But if we don't expose ourselves to this food at all, we stay in diet mentality. We are also not going to recondition our desire around this food. So that's that's another aspect and the benefit of doing the joy eat is that we are learning how to be around this food again and not overeat. We are practicing how to eat to the point of feeling light, eat to the point of feeling satisfied and then stop. And so we're really practicing being able to stop as well. So we're really practicing being a new way around this food and then getting really conscious as well, just slowing down slowing down the gobbling down of that food that you've been salivating over for maybe for all week. Maybe you've been looking forward to your joy eat all week and you're just salivating over it by the time it arrives. You know, we're, we're wanting to slow down and just really get conscious of every bite. And is it actually as pleasurable as my brain has been telling me? Because quite often it's not. So this is part of the the kind of strategy behind joy eats, yes, it is about diet mentality. It is about stopping restriction. It is um, about stopping deprivation, but it is also about practicing being a new way around these foods. So it's super, super important. And I, so that's why I found it so interesting this week, all these conversations I've been having with people around them avoiding having joy eats or them choosing to have foods um, that you know, maybe they don't necessarily crave and overeat and they're just, they're scared of having those foods back in their life because they're making this progress, but they're still on a diet if they are keeping with that mentality. So your brain might also be remembering the intense pleasure that you got from that food on the first couple of bites. So it might be reminding you of that really big hit of all the pleasure hormones that you got from the first couple of bites. Your brain may not remind you 
that last time you overate that you felt sick for two days because you just ate way too much of it. It might not remind you that you actually felt nauseous and you thought you were going to throw up afterwards because you ate way too much of it. You know, so our brain can really focus in on that intense feeling of pleasure and you can get those cravings that really focus in on that. But it may actually not remind you of all the other stuff. So by slowing things down a little bit, you get so much more conscious. I'm going to introduce to you the exercise that will help you to slow this down a little bit more. You can layer it on top of the tool of having a joy eat and really start to recondition this desire. Um, So when you're using this tool that I'm going to talk to you about in a moment, you might actually find that you didn't really actually like the food as much as you thought. You might actually find that you love the first few bites, but then the rest of it doesn't taste that good or if it doesn't feel really good in your body, you might actually find it's really actually not as nice as you thought it was at all. I mean, maybe it was the crunch that you're after or something like that. So by slowing down and reconditioning that desire, you're getting really, really conscious about what's actually happening when you're eating this food. What is the effect on your body? what's going on in your brains, and you can really discover the truth about it rather than having a sense of having a massive over-desire for this food and just gobbling it down and not really being conscious of it. And then all you're going to do in the future is just remember the pleasure and keep craving it. So this can, can really help to recondition that desire. Okay, so... The tedious, powerful exercise. This is the exercise that I talk to my clients about when they get to the stage of having a protocol, they've introduced their joy eat. And quite often I like to challenge them to really uh, try and introduce those foods that they're avoiding, as I mentioned, and use this exercise um, as as a tool to slow them down. So it's essentially like a journaling exercise. And it it is basically it does what it says on the tin it is both tedious and it is powerful so what you want to do with the tedious powerful exercise is on your joy eat you really want to choose a food that you have a lot of desire for that perhaps you've got a history of overeating and you're going to challenge yourself with this particular exercise, you want to get at least 10 bites of this food, have that available in front of you, and then also take a piece of paper or journal, and you want to answer the following questions. So I'm going to put these questions also on the website as well, so you can actually read the text of the page for the podcast. And uh, so don't worry if you're out and about and you can't write them down right now. If you're listening to this podcast, I'll have these questions available for you on the webpage and you can then just do this journaling exercise as you are eating this food. So, um, So 10 bites of the food, sit down with a piece of paper. First of all, you want to decide how much you're going to eat. So um, if you've got 10 bites available, you might decide you want to eat eat 10 bites worth, might be a little bit more, it might be one of your main meals. So decide what you want to do in advance. I'm going to use the example of uh, doing lint balls, because that is a food that I'm constantly trying to recondition my desire to. So for me, if I was doing this exercise, I'd probably get five lint balls, and I would have them available in front of me, and I'd have half a lint ball for each bite. 
You want to tune in and figure out how hungry you are. I don't recommend doing this if you are super hungry, if you're um, over hungry, you haven't eaten for a while. You may well just overeat because you are too hungry. So don't do it if you're really, really hungry. If you're mildly hungry um, or not too hungry at all, but this might be just chocolate or something like that that you're trying to recondition yourself to and this is your joy eat for the week, that's a great example of um, a great time to do it or just being a little bit hungry. So describe the food. This is uh, the first step. Describe the food. Pick it up. Smell it. What's the texture like? If, it, if it's a food that you're eating without a knife and fork, you might want to notice how does it feel in your hand? Get really conscious of all the other senses and their experience of this food. So write down the detail about the food. How does it look? How does it smell? What's the texture? What's the color? Okay, the next step is you want to think about what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? What are your feelings before you eat this food? So taking the example of lint balls, um, I would probably be thinking, I don't think I'm going to stop at five. I want to eat the whole box. I love these way too much. I can never control myself around these, which isn't true, by the way. Sometimes I can, but my brain often tells me that. Write down all those thoughts and any feelings you have around that. You might feel some fear that you might, won't be able to stop. You might feel anxiety. You might feel a massive amount of desire, a real craving to eat the food. You might feel um, impatient to get started because you're dying to eat it. Write down all of those feelings. Then you will want to describe bite by bite what the actual um, experience is like of having it in your mouth, chewing it chew it thoroughly and let it kind of sit on your tongue and just really take in the experience of the taste and the texture and then swallow it. So take each bite slowly, chew thoroughly and really experience it. Now what you want to do is between each and every bite you want to write everything down in detail. So what was it like to chew it? How did it feel on your tongue? What thoughts were going on in your mind? What did you feel in your body? So let's take the example of lint balls. So I'll be eating half a lint ball as my first bite. So I'll be chewing that, noticing how it's melting on my tongue, how all the liquidy chocolate is all going all through my mouth and how it feels when I swallow it and the, the sense of pleasure that I'm getting in my body and how it feels just so amazing to have that. So I'll be writing about that detail. So you're going to put down, put down the food and then start writing about that bite one. And then you have the next bite, bite number two, and then you do exactly the same thing. You chew, notice it in your mouth and notice it very slowly, chew it thoroughly, then swallow it, then write about that experience. So you can repeat this around 10 times. So as I said, you can probably already hear it now if you're listening to this. It is tedious, but it's also really powerful. It's really worth actually slowing down around this food and really, really challenging your, your body and your brain to really see if that belief is true. Is it as pleasurable as you thought? Does it warrant that much desire? Does it warrant that much uh, kind of focus and energy from your life? Okay, so when you've repeated that up to about 10 times or the equivalent of what you plan to eat, you can then answer the question, did all bites taste the same? Yes or no? Was it more or less pleasurable as you ate more? Did the desire and the pleasure increase or did it decrease over time? You might want to ask as well, what is your feeling after eating this food? 
How much did you eat before you felt satisfied? Did you really need to eat all 10 bites or could you have stopped after two? And then at what stage did you actually stop eating? And then finally, reassess where you are. How hungry are you now? Are you satisfied? Are you full? Are you overfull? Are you absolutely bursting? So um, assess where you are in terms of satiation, hunger, and ask yourself how it feels in your body. Now that that food is in there and it's digesting, what are your feelings in your body? And do you have any thoughts as well that come up? So it's a very, very um, conscious building exercise, uh, this tedious, powerful one. So it's basically an add-on to the Joy Eat. And uh, just to recap, as I said before, it's going to help you learn whether or not you actually really love a food as much as you thought you did. It's going to help you learn whether or not um, you actually want to binge this food, um, whether it makes you feel good or bad. Um, It helps you learn whether or not this is a food that actually you love to have a couple of bites of, but then you're quite satisfied and you don't need any more. So it's really going to help you get much more consciousness around this. Now, for some people, they don't want to stop. They may actually go overboard. And that's a really great opportunity to explore why. So if you feel like you want to just go all out and just keep eating and overeating and binging on this food, check in. And actually ask yourself why. This is another great opportunity to get some more consciousness around the thoughts in your brain that are actually driving your eating and uh, driving your overeating as well. Okay, so that's what I've got for you this week, um, all about giving your your, uh, power away to those foods that you feel that you can't control. So I'd love to hear what your thoughts are around this. If you've got uh, any questions, any comments, or if you've actually tried this exercise, I'd love to hear from you. You can come over to the website. It's kerrydwilliams.com forward slash 1818. And you'll find the podcast episode on my website, on a webpage. And as I mentioned as well, I'm going to put in the text there those journaling prompts for you so you can do the tedious, powerful exercise at home. So I'm really looking forward to hearing what you experience with this. Um, so yeah, have a lovely week and I will speak to you again next week. Bye for now.